What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Smart Business Solutions, the official podcast of GBS, America's productivity partner. Each episode, we are going to explore some of the biggest threats and challenges in today's business world and the vast amount of solutions GBS offers to meet them. All right. Well, hello and welcome back to Smart Business Solutions. This is your host, Rich Lallo. And today's episode is part of our wellness series of shows that we've done in the past. And those have included discussions on heart health, stroke, and corporate wellness programs. Today, we're going to be discussing diabetes. November is National Diabetes Awareness Month. And here to discuss the topic with us is an industry expert in the healthcare field. And her name is Nicole Selinski. Nicole is the Diabetes Education Coordinator at Cleveland Clinic Mercy Hospital. She is a licensed and registered dietitian, a certified lactation counselor, and has nearly 20 years of experience as a fitness instructor. She is also a graduate of Ohio State University and holds a Bachelor's of Science degree in medical dietetics. So before we begin with our questions, Nicole, I just wanted to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much for your time today and for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to uh, speaking with you guys. Awesome, awesome. Same here, same here. So let's just start out, Nicole. I just kind of went over your, you know, your background a little bit. If you want, if you'd like, there's if there's anything you wanted to add to your background, or your current position, kind of your your experience in the field, and maybe your current role. Um, sure. You know, like you had said, I've actually been with Mercy over 20 years now. I'm currently the diabetes education coordinator here. I run the outpatient diabetes education program here at Mercy Clean Clinic, Mercy Hospital. I'm a wife. I have three teenage kids. I still am a fitness instructor in the area, and I really love what I do, and I love to help our patients. That's awesome. With three teenage kids, I'm sure you keep very busy, no doubt. No doubt. (laughs) This is very true, very true. (laughs) (laughs) I have two myself, and they're actually in their 20s now, so I know that that will absolutely keep you busy. So you got to be in good shape. Stay Stay up with them, no doubt. So, all right. So... Let's kind of jump into some of our our questions, just kind of in a basic sense, if you could, Nicole, explain what diabetes is and how it affects the body. Okay. Diabetes basically is a metabolic disorder. It's characterized by abnormally high blood sugar levels. Our body uses glucose, which is a type of sugar for all of our body's functions. And when you have diabetes, your body is either using, you know, not using that sugar source effectively or adequately. And so that can cause a lot of different problems to, you know, diabetes actually is one of the diseases that can affect almost every part of our body from our skin all the way to, you know, our organs, our fingers to our toes. So um, it's definitely something that I'm excited about educating about because it, it can be a problem. Yeah, definitely. So what are the major types of diabetes? And, and if you could tell us how they, they're different from each other. There's three main types of diabetes. One is what we call now pre-diabetes. This used to be called borderline diabetes. Basically, this is kind of like the big yellow flashing light warning sign of, you know, you're on your way to developing diabetes. You're mm-hmm. not, your numbers aren't really in the normal range, but they're not quite in the diabetic range yet. So okay. that's really the biggest difference of, with pre-diabetes is kind of where your numbers fall in some of your, your blood tests. Okay. Um, but we'll, 
what we know about prediabetes is that, you know, if you're unaware of it or you're aware and you don't do anything about it, it's definitely going to lead to diabetes down the road. And then we have uh, type 1 diabetes, which is an autoimmune disease. This used to be called juvenile diabetes because they thought kind of only children could get this. That's not the case. It definitely does develop more often in children, right? But what is going on with this is that your pancreas stops making insulin. And insulin is responsible for getting that sugar out of the blood to be used for energy. So when your pancreas stops making it, that can become a problem because your sugars stay high in your blood and aren't able to be used. And then we have type 2 diabetes, which is basically characterized by more insulin resistance. So your body is, your pancreas is making insulin, but it's not really able to be used properly. It's, it's there, but it's not, it's not working right. So sometimes as a type 2 diabetic, you might have to take insulin to kind of replace, but it's more of a, of a resisting of the insulin being able to be worked throughout the, the body. Okay. So the folks that take insulin shots, they're typically type 2 diabetics, is that right? No. Um, it could be either or, but oh, definitely okay. as a type 1, you have to be on insulin because your body cannot make that anymore. So that's oh, the way okay. that you are able, you have to replace what your body cannot make because the pancreas stops making insulin. Ah, okay. As a diabetic, you're usually still making some insulin. It just not might not be working the way it should. Oh, okay. Okay. So those are the differences. Okay, great. Thank you for, for explaining that. Perfect. Okay. So how about the symptoms of diabetes? What would you say are some of the major symptoms of, of diabetes that we should be on the lookout for? Yes, they're increased uh, urination, which mm. is usually seen through the night with type 2 diabetes, increased thirst, mm. constant hungry, uh, unexplained weight loss, blurry vision, extreme fatigue, or tiredness, confusion, sometimes dry skin can go with that as well, increased infections, and if you would have like sores that, that won't heal properly or as fast as you think they should. So those are some of the big signs of, you know, diabetes. Okay. Lot to, uh, lot to look, be on the lookout for there. Okay, so when, when someone is diagnosed with, with diabetes, what are some of the, the treatments that are currently available to, to folks in that, in that category? Well, a lot of times it's sending them to um, a diabetes self-management program such as ours to get the education that they really need on all the facets of diabetes. Um, okay. A lot of times there are medication pieces that are involved that might be needed to help control their sugars as well as, you know, diet changes, activity changes, uh, and, and things like that. Perfect. And, and I, I want to uh, apologize here. I, I believe that we skipped over that part of the discussion at the very beginning, and I do apologize to you about that. I, I want to go back, if we can, and talk about the program that, that, you, that you run and kind of, if you would, kind of give us a little bit more about that education program that you, you are in charge of. You know, I like I said, I'm with uh, Cleveland Clinic Mercy Hospital. We are a recognized program by the American Diabetes Association. We are a basically an education program that helps with all facets of diabetes management. Our program consists of individual counseling sessions, group counseling sessions, 
patients can do, you know, any part that they choose. Majority of insurance companies cover this type of education 100%, which is mm. also very good. And yeah. if you don't have coverage, you know, we do offer, you know, discounted for self-pay. You know, we do encourage support people, you know, to, to be here to help, you know, with, you know, whether it's a significant other or something like that, you know, that is allowed if we have space, mm-hmm. um, you know, so we're here just for the patient to help them in any manner that they need with their diabetes management and care. So that could be, like you said, anything from just basic education all the way through care and treatment and follow-up and all that kind of stuff, right? Like a complete A to Z type of a a diabetes management program. Is that right? I mean, yes. I mean, we're we're not the primary care person who are, you know, going to be writing medications and things like that, but we're here for all of the education part of gotcha. their diabetes management. Perfect. That sounds like a tremendous asset to people that are, you know, that are, that, are, that have this, this condition to, to be able to fall back on and lean on you guys to provide that information. That's great. And I apologize. I, I meant to cover that with you at the very beginning. So, but thank you for, for letting us know about that. All right. So, as far as treatments go in, in with the education program that you guys use, or I, I guess maybe just treatments in general, is there anything new or different, I guess, in the area of treating diabetes that's, that's out there or maybe on the horizon that you, you're aware of? Well, um, a lot of new medications are coming out. You know, sometimes you see them on the TV with commercials and things like that that are learning more about diabetes. They're targeting different areas to to help control their blood sugar levels. There's also something called continuous glucose monitoring systems, which mm. are a little bit different way to be checking and monitoring your blood sugars. Those are becoming more accessible to general patients now if they you know, have that need, which basically what that is, is instead of you know, poking your finger multiple times a day with a glucometer, you have a little bit of a sensor that you would put like in your arm or your stomach and it basically stays on from anywhere, you know, to five, 14 days. And you have almost like a little beeper that you scan over the sensor and it can tell your blood sugar at any point in time in the day. Um, So that's really helpful for patients to not have to be poking their fingers as much and give some really good data on what's going on throughout the day in their bodies. Yeah, that's great. And it, se- it seems like there's a lot of that sort of trend in healthcare, like almost that continuous monitoring type of thing for blood pressures and pulse and all that kind of thing. And it's great to know that that's, this is, you know, c- can be done as well. You know, your, your blood sugar levels can be done in that way as well. So yeah, I would imagine that would be, have to be very advantageous for people in this situation. That's great. Yeah. So, okay, so the next set of questions I have for you are questions that were sent in by some of our employees here at GBS, and these are specific questions related to diabetes that I wanted to ask you and kind of get your, your uh, expert uh, take on, if you will. So one of our employees asked, should someone that is taking metformin have a meter to read their levels? Okay. Well, that's a very good question, and I get that a lot. I'm I'm a fan of what we call monitoring or, you know, checking your blood sugar levels. The standards of care from the American Diabetes Association say that if you are kind of just working with diet and exercise only and no medications, you should be testing, especially at the beginning, once a day. If you are on any pill 
type of medication, which includes metformin, or a non-insulin injectable medication, you should be testing twice a day. And then if you're on any kind of insulin, you should be testing three to four times a day. So those are kind of the the standards from the American Diabetes Association as far as, you know, what is recommended and how often you should be testing or monitoring your sugar. Okay. And to your point earlier, then having that a system in place where you could test it automatically throughout the the course of the day without having to prick yourself and draw blood would be very advantageous for, you know, folks that are in maybe testing two, three, four times a day. So... That would be yeah, really- and that is actually criteria for the the continuous glucose monitors is you know having to test more than three times a day. Oh, okay. You know, and, and some of those, so that is definitely makes things easier for those patients. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, our our next question: Do you need a meter to read your blood sugar levels? Well, you really. Yes, because you can't mm-hmm. check your sugars without some sort of meter. It's not something that you can just feel and guess exactly what your number is. So, yeah, you need some sort of testing device, whether it's a glucometer or a CGM, the continuous glucose monitor, or something that you're going to be able to, you know, read your blood level with. That makes sense. So I guess this one is, I, I think the next one is something you've, you've sort of touched on here already. How often do you need to read your levels? Okay, yeah, that's kind of what I was saying before, you know, if you're, if you're on just kind of diet only once a day, medication, mm-hmm. pills, insulin injectable twice a day, and insulin recommendations are three to four times a day. Gotcha. And the next question was, where can you get meters for discounted rates or new strips? Well, what I would suggest is that, you know, most insurance companies will cover, you know, your diabetic supplies. So double check with what your insurance company is going to cover first, because a lot of times that's the cheapest way. Um, If it's not a lot of the drugstores, you know, like Walmarts, things like that, they have their kind of generic or their own brand of glucometer that you can purchase. And it's usually fairly inexpensive, along with the supplies that go with that. Medicine Center Pharmacy, um, you know, Giant Eagle, any of those places have kind of their own brand of meter that you can get. And a lot of times those are cheaper and kind of more discounted than if you would buy the name brand outright. So that would be what I would suggest first is, you know, check with your insurance company and have your doctor write you a script for those supplies. And then if that's not an option, go with one of the brand of the store meters because that's going to be probably cheaper for you. Great advice. Okay, so what is the difference between a blood sugar level and an A1C? Okay, so there's a couple different blood tests that are usually done um, with diabetic patients, oftentimes to diagnose diabetes, as well as continued monitoring of labs. One is called a fasting blood glucose, which is basically kind of taking your sugar on a fasting level, kind of when you wake up first thing in the morning before you eat or drink. And that's kind of giving you that that blood sugar level at that one particular place in time. Okay. Um, so that's kind of like that one number. It's a, it's a basal level of sugar. Mm-hmm. And then we have what we call, um, it's called a hemoglobin A1C. And basically that's another lab value that's taken. Um, you don't have to be fasting for that, but it's a value that has or gives the information of what your average blood sugar has been over a two to three month period of time. So um, 
that's what the A1C is measuring versus just a uh, fasting blood glucose, which is kind of just giving you that one particular, what your number is at one particular place in time. Perfect. And both labs are important and are used in, like I said, diagnosing and, you know, seeing how well you're, you're doing and controlling your sugars and, and things like that. So. Thank you. Okay, so these these next two I'm I'm very interested in is uh, to to hear your <laughs> to hear your thoughts on. So, what foods most influence blood sugar levels? Would you say? Okay, well, most of the foods that influence our blood sugar levels are foods that break down and are kind of in the carbohydrate area. You know, mm. those three foods um, when we talk about our or our grain group, which is foods like our rice and cereal, pasta, crackers, potatoes, things like that. Those are one of those food groups that break down and to carbohydrates and turn to what we call glucose or sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, the other food group, fruit, which includes, you know, your fruits and your juices. And then dairy, which includes more of just your milk and your yogurt. So those are all on the kind of the, the carbohydrate side of things. So when you eat those certain food groups, those tend to impact your blood sugar or raise them a little bit more than um, the other food groups, which are like our, our meat or our protein group, our fats, and then our non-starchy vegetables, which is pretty much anything besides corn, peas, and potatoes. So those food groups are what we call kind of our stabilizers. So, you know, when you eat a food that's from the carbohydrate side, you always want to kind of have a food that's from the other, the stabilizer side with it to help balance that blood sugar level. All right. That's good. Very good advice. And then the last question we had, which is also another really great question, what are some good snacks for, um, to have on hand, just some good healthy snacks? What would you recommend? Um, and these are great for, you know, diabetic and non-diabetic. Um, mm-hmm. Like I was just explaining about kind of eating that carbohydrate and protein or healthy fat or veggie together. You know, when we talk about snacks, we always want to pair that with that as well. So, for example, like a, a low sugar Greek yogurt with some berries, maybe some, you know, some almonds and a piece of fruit, veggies, you know, maybe carrot, celery, peppers with some hummus. You could do like avocado on toast, apple with peanut butter. You know, beef sticks are good, low-fat popcorn, um, you know, mixing, you know, like a trail mix with maybe some nuts, a little bit of dried fruit, having some of that. Those are all pretty easy things to keep on hand and are very pretty well-balanced. Great. I'm a big fan of beef sticks, I have to admit. <laughs> I, love, I love those things. I love those. I probably ate more than I should, so it probably balances out the other way. Probably balances out as a negative. Uh, a little bit in those, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're right. They're yeah, they're they're they tend to be a little high on the <laughs> sodium side, but no, that's oh, this is great. Thank you so much. Those are all the questions that that I had for you. Actually, was there anything, Nicole, maybe that you wanted to add that we didn't cover that you would like people to know about that is important as far as the you know that's subject of diabetes goes? Yeah, actually, I would like to just touch on maybe some of the signs and symptoms of what a low blood sugar might look like and how to kind of treat that because that can be pretty dangerous. So low blood sugar is called hypoglycemia, and a lot of times that can happen to, to anyone at any time. Common causes of low blood sugar are, you know, sometimes diabetic medications, missing meals, you know, going longer times between meals than normal, skipping medication, um, you know, and, and things like that. So some of the symptoms that we would want to look for if your sugar was starting to drop would be 
feeling dizzy or shaky, anxious or nervous, being tired, grouchy, Mm -hmm. lightheaded, sweaty, hungry, confused, or maybe feeling more weak. So ideally, if you start to feel these things, what you would want to do is you would want to pull out, you know, your meter or whatever your device is and and check your sugar. What is low where we want to treat for a low sugar is 70 or below. So if your sugar is kind of around there and you're feeling these things, you definitely don't want to ignore that. You want to treat for it. And it's you want to get something that has about 15 grams of a quick acting sugar in it. A couple examples of that would be like four ounces of regular fruit juice or regular soda, you know, just eating a tablespoon of sugar or honey, three to four glucose splits. So those are some options because basically you want to get some sugar in you quickly to bring that sugar up that's dropping. You would wait 15 minutes, check your sugar again, and kind of make sure what you did did its job. Um, And then once you're feeling a little bit better, you want to make sure that you eat within that hour, which would include, like we've been talking about, that carb and protein snack together. Okay. Great. Very good. That's very good information. Yeah, I guess we always we always kind of tend to think about the, the our our you know sugar level getting too high, but there's obviously also a very big danger with it getting too low as well. So I, I really appreciate uh, you. Yeah. Thanks. And yeah. those are you know those are the beginning signs. So we want to head that off before you get to the point where maybe you know unfortunately you would pass out or something like that. So it's, that's a pretty important thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate you adding that. Yeah. So if you would, before we, before we wrap up, just kind of uh, let everybody get, uh, again know about the, the program that you guys run as far as diabetes education goes. And if someone is interested in, you know, getting in contact with you and maybe participating in the program, learning more about it, how they could go ahead and do that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I said, we are accredited diabetes education program. We're located right at the main campus of Mercy Medical Center, Cleveland Clinic. We offer individual and group sessions. We really work with, you know, where the patient's at and and individualization of their program. They do need a physician's order to come see us. Mm. Um, That's something simply they can have faxed to us or they can bring in hand. They can reach me by dialing 330-489-1484. That comes right to me. They can go online to our website and just type in diabetes education and our information will come up and it'll direct them very easily with with the same information that I just provided. So real easy ways to uh, get a hold of us and, and get started with the program. Awesome. Also, I would say if anybody is interested they could they could contact us at gbs uh, through our marketing department marketing at gbscorp.com and we could put you in touch with nicole as well if that's that would just be another way to to kind of make you make contact with her so yeah please if there's someone out there that's interested in the program that she she offers and the education you could just see today's discussion was just a little little piece of that so and hopefully that you know, spurred some interest and will, you know, cause you to kind of take some action and, and, and learn more about, about diabetes. So please don't hesitate to reach out to her. Like I said, reach out to us here at GBS and we can put you in contact with her if you don't have her information, but, uh, you know, please do that. Nicole, again, this was a, a great discussion. I, I thank you so very much. I'm, you know, looking forward to airing this for, 
for Diabetes Awareness Month. I think it will be a tremendous, you know, help and tr- just some great information and great education to our listeners. So I uh, couldn't thank you enough for, uh, for being here today with us. Well, thank you again for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. And, you know, I'm here, like I said, any, anytime anybody needs. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks again so much for everything you do and again for being with us today. And we look forward to, to talking to you again soon sometime. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so All much. Right. Take care. You too. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This show has been a production of GBS. For more information on the topics discussed today or the solutions offered, contact us at marketing at gbscorp.com. That's marketing at gbscorp.com. Or you can call at 800-552-2427. And lastly, check us out on the web at www.gbscorp.com. That's www.gbscorp.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any future episodes.